0: Alright, we are back in Deuteronomy. Before we get in there, I'm going to pass around the nursery list. Um, nursery for the next two months, if you would like. This is not during Sunday school class, this is during uh, the worship service. So, if you are a teen or a female and would be willing to set up for the nursery, that would be great to help... Spread the load out. Thought of that as I, I was reading uh, this morning uh, in Exodus, when Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, came to visit. And Moses was sun up to sundown, hearing the complaints and issues of the people, and deciding them himself. And Jethro, in a very tactful manner, said, "Are you a knucklehead?" What are you doing? You're going to drive yourself into the ground. And so with hayseed wisdom, he said, why don't you get a bunch of wise men and wise men under them and divide up? The burden didn't change. The burden doesn't change. The burden always remains the same, but many hands uh, ultimately make light work. We are in Deuteronomy chapter 7 is where we're at when last we left off just by a quick recap chapter six is to call it a high chapter in scriptures to diminish the rest of scripture Uh, but there are some profound and significant points within it as we see the greatest command in verse five of chapter six to love the lord your god and really the implications thereof that we should strive to know him and thereby strive to do what he has commanded us to do there. I mean, ultimately, hopefully, hopefully that's, that, that should be our, our desire. And then throughout this chapter and really throughout the law, we see God commanding parents to plow this into their children. To plow this, it's the parents' responsibility to train up their child in the way that they should go. We are on the east side of the Jordan River, expectantly waiting to go into the Promised Land, which we will never get to, at least in this study. At one point, one day, we will get through Deuteronomy chapter 12, where this study will come to an end. But... I noticed the first day we taught this was in August, so uh, we will come to an end here within a uh, couple of months of uh, Deuteronomy, our study, 1 through 12. Today we're going to be in chapter 7, we'll go through the lion's share of it through verse 16, Uh, we'll start out in uh, verses 1 through 5 got a bunch of names, you can skip the names. Actually, we won't. I'll let Jeremy read it. Jeremy, would you read uh, chapter 7, verses 1 through 5, and you can you can field the names.
1: Sure. When the Lord your God brings you into the
2: land that you are entering to take possession of it, and clears away many nations before you, the Hittites, the Gurgersites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites,
0: seven nations, more numerous and mightier than yourselves, when the Lord your God... Gives them over to you, and you defeat them, then you must devote them to complete destruction. You shall make no covenant with them and show no mercy to them. You shall not intermarry with them, giving your daughters to their sons or taking their daughters for your sons, for they would turn away your sons from following me to serve other gods. Then the anger of the Lord would be kindled against you, and he would destroy you quickly. But thus you shall deal with them: you shall break down their altars and dash in pieces their pillars and chop down
2: their asherim burn their carved images with
0: fire okay essentially here what we see in this first part of chapter seven is we see a a nation where we see nations sentenced god is sentencing these nations uh, and using israel to ultimately do that Um, nations what is a nation Okay, it is a group of people based on what?
3: Shared values.
0: Possibly.
3: Ethnicity.
0: Possibly. Religion. Possibly. No, like geography. Possibly. I mean, all of these things, I mean, there's, there's a geographical entity to a nation. Now, you think of Israel, and Israel was a people for, for a long time. But they were a people without a nation for a long time. So they were a nation dispersed, uh, if you will, uh, throughout the world. Uh, Had no land. So all all of these things are are true. They're true. Um, Oftentimes uh, a a kin will grow out. Now, we're talking about the land of Canaan. Modern day Israel. And, And how many nations are within it? How big can they be?
1: Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> Bigger than Israel.
0: <laughs> That's what it says. Greater than you. We'll, we'll, we'll try to figure out what, what's he mean by like that. <laughs> but they can't be very big. And a lot of times they're just cities. You know, Cities with walls around them okay, maybe a multiplicity of cities of this same people group, so we don't get really a geography of all of them, but we see who they are, and you can go back into the gene- genealogies and ultimately see where they all flow out, we're not going to go into that, we're not going into the weeds, interesting, it's an interesting study, but we won't get that deep, uh, into it uh, right now, um, But they are more numerous than Israel. How how big is Israel at this time? Big. A lot of people. I would argue millions. Maybe the low millions. Single digit millions. Probably. Probably. Um, How many left Egypt? Numerically. Anybody remember? 600,000 Man. men this is what scripture says. 600,000 men. And so typically, you know, it's not, we're not going to get, no, they they probably meant men. Uh, there as opposed to all the people. So how many women would there have been? Guess this probably 600,000 women. How many kids? More
2: than
0: that. More than that. You probably double that number thinking, you know, so. 2.4,
2: yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So Mm -hmm. we're, we're pushing 2 million already pretty easy being conservative. So you got 2 million people and the nations of Canaan, all them. I think of Woody Harrelson when I hear all those names, but that's a rabbit trail. Um, it would have to be in mass, I would think, to think of a, of two million. A, a, a nation of two million within Israel at that time. I mean, we, we got cities. DFW easily is that, but in, in the ruins in archaeology, we just don't see typically cities that large. So, anyway, God clearly tells that they are mightier than you. Um, Israel's possession of them, it says, when the Lord brings you into the land that you are to take possession of it, and clears away many nations before you. I mean, there in the very first verse, we see... Really, God's twofold purpose in Israel's possession of the land. Okay? God has a twofold purpose. Oftentimes, we simply think of one aspect of the work that God is doing. What were the two things God is intending with Israel going in to take the land? Okay, the first one is, is very important. It's actually going to come up in the in, uh, sermon today as we start to look at the life of Isaac for a time. Uh, is to fulfill a promise. God promised a long time ago to Abraham as he stood on the mountain ridge. and God said, look to the north, south, east, and west. And everything you see, that's going to be your land for uh, your people in Down in through history. Reiterated or spoken in Genesis 12. Reiterated in Genesis 15. Also reiterated again to Abraham. All to Abraham in Genesis 17. So he's going to fulfill a promise. And he is going to wipe out the people who are there. Um, How much so? Single man woman and child. And it doesn't specifically say that here, but it is implied in the in the in the verbiage when the Lord verse two when the Lord gives them over to you and you defeat them, then you must devote them to complete destruction you'll see the word devote uh, within within scripture if you flip as a matter of fact flip over uh, just a couple of pages to your right to Deuteronomy 13 God talks about devoting people within your own nation to complete destruction verse 12 if you hear in one of your cities which the Lord your God is giving you to dwell there that a certain worthless or that certain worthless fellows have gone out among you and have drawn away the inhabitants of their city saying let us go and serve other gods which you have not known. Then you shall inquire and make search and ask diligently. So, okay, make sure this is actually what's going down. Investigate. <clears throat> and behold, if it be true and certain that such an abomination has been done among you, you shall surely put the inhabitants of that city to the sword, sword, devoting it to destruction. All who are in it and its cattle with the edge of the sword and ultimately continues on through verse 18 you know god commanding this to them verse 7 I'll continue verse 17 none of the devoted things shall stick to your hand that the lord may turn from the fierceness of his anger i think of achan none of the devoted things shall stick to your hand achan in the battle of Jericho who stole the wedge of silver and kept some other things to himself. God devotes it to destruction. He means complete. And so when you see that word devoted to the Lord, it means a complete destruction. When we see it in scripture here. Um, there's another time. If a man makes a vow to devote something to the Lord, he cannot redeem it back. How important are your vows? Very important. Leviticus 27, 26 speaks of that. If you devote a thing to the Lord, it cannot be redeemed back. And we see that play out horribly in Judges. When Jephthah is going up against the Ammonites, Jephthah the judge, and says, makes a vow to the Lord uh, in Judges 11. He says, Lord, you give me victory in whatever comes out of my tent. I will devote to destruction. I will sacrifice to you. What comes comes out of your tent? What comes out of your house? Your Your family. Not your dog. You know, okay, maybe your dog. Maybe your dog will come out first. But no, his daughter came out first. And he had made a vow and she was devoted to destruction so God commands Israel here and he says you must devote them to complete destruction okay um, they are not to get involved with them at all there's a bunch of no's here do not uh, do what starting really in uh, verse 2 middle of verse 2 Okay, no covenants. Okay, you're not no alliances, no covenants, no, you're not gonna work together. No, 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 no. What else? What other no's? Huh? Marry them. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. Ah, but they got they got you know strong men for my daughters. Yeah, no. Beautiful daughters for my son. No. No, do not intermarry with them. No. What else? What other no? No mercy, oh, no mercy. Ty's all right, I know this is an issue for Ty. So, I mean, this is, this, this section of scripture is an issue for a lot of people. Where is God's justice in this? Where is his grace? Where's this magnificent love and this mercy that we hear spoken of a bunch? Let's just hold on that for a minute. God tells them to do this. He does give them a reason. He gives Israel a reason. He doesn't give Israel the complete reason. And we'll look at that some a little bit hinted at in other portions of scripture. But in verse four, why does he tell them that they ought not do this? turn 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 the people away, what'd you say? Yeah, okay, and, and really that, that would be the intermarriage part, but the covenant as well, the mercy, you show them mercy. What they will do is they will be a cancer to you. You know, oncologists, they don't want to leave anything. Why? Because if it comes back, it can come back all the worse. and So it will be completely... Destroyed, completely wiped out. Why? Because God tells them they will steer your hearts away. Not that they might, they will. Does that make you kind of recoil? Huh? They've done that before. Oh yeah. Yeah, again reading through Exodus it's If it wasn't so terrible, it would be funny. Oh lord, we're going to follow after you. We're going to do whatever you say. Grumble, grumble, grumble. Rah, complain. Why? How come? You know, like one chapter later They will turn you away. Steer you away. And God's anger would then be turned toward you. God says destroy all of their religious stuff. Destroy all of their religious stuff. (coughs) Why? For you are a people of the Holy Lord. Yeah. We like trinkets. Oh, this is really cool. Oh, let's keep this. God says it would lead your heart astray. You shall have no graven images. You shall have no other gods before me. It will lead you astray. Destroy it. Destroy it all. Have no part in this. I want you to be, and he'll he'll get to this as we start looking at a nation reprieved here. We're not there yet. Um, God wants them to be a people separated to Him, a people to Himself. Have no part in this. Have no part in this. <clears throat> what part does do Christians have in fortune tellers and séances? Very little. Yeah, just just, oh my, yeah, none. I got none. I should have none. I should have none. I should separate myself from that. I know who holds the future, and if He wants to reveal that to me, great. He's not going to do it through occultic practices. Just ask Saul. Let's just let's just call um, Samuel. Back from the dead. No, don't do that. Complete destruction. Is this fair and just for God to so do? Yes. Yes. Does it feel that way for
1: us?
3: No. <laughs> how
0: can I say how can I say yes with absolute confidence and certainty? Yes! So
1: that's not in him to do something
0: that is not just. Yes! Does Scripture ever waver on that point? God is holy, He is righteous, He is just, He is lavish in mercy and grace that anybody is redeemed. That any He didn't have to do anybody, didn't, didn't have to redeem anybody. But he did. So we know that he is holy and just. If he is holy and what, what's another reason God can do whatever he wants? He's
2: omnial.
0: Okay, he's is all Because whatever
2: he does is right. He's
0: creators. made them maker. Yeah. You know, don't mess with my stuff. Okay, we you know, don't don't mess with my stuff. Well, all stuff is God's stuff. And he can do with it what he wants. Absolutely. So if I know that he is absolutely sovereign, just by the sheer nature of being the creator of all things, and because I know he is completely right and just in all of his ways, I must look at these passages with these foundations. These are the things I cling to to find resolution. Because if I start out with my own under-the sun picture of this and go, "Are you telling me there's not one righteous person in all the land of Canaan?",
3: there probably
1: is,
0: Okay. Are there any that seeks after the living God? There's there's one. Well, no, no. In the in the, in the land of Jesus, it was Sunday school, there's one in Canaan whose heart is being turned toward this God.
1: Oh, Rahab.
0: Yeah. Rahab. And does God preserve her? He does. He does. And how extraordinary is this? She ultimately finds finds her way into the lineage of our Savior, of God the Son, into this people, into this nation that God has devoted to destruction. Why is God wanting these people wiped out? Yeah. Basically. Why didn't why did God destroy the earth in, in Genesis chapter 6?
2: Because everyone had turned away from him except
0: couple. Absolutely. It was, it was a stench in his nostrils. So much so that he regretted that he had made man. In In Genesis chapter 15, in God's second telling of the covenant, a a dreadful and great darkness fell upon Abraham. The Lord said, know for certain that your offspring will be sojourners in the land, in a land that is not theirs and will be servants there and they will be afflicted for 400 years. But I will bring judgment on the nation that they serve and afterward they shall come out with great possessions. As for you, you shall go to your fathers in peace. You shall be buried in a good old age and they shall come back here in the fourth generation. Then there's like this little footnote. God says, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. The iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. Guess what? It is now. It is now. God let them go in grace for 400 years. And in 400 years, they continued after their own way. So bad... That God is going to devote them completely to destruction are there worse things than death physical death are there worse yes, absolutely give me give me something that 's worse than death so. So if I live a, a, a fat and wonderful life on this earth and motorboats and ski boats and golf vacations and skiing and and scuba diving and and I die and go to hell. What is all of that stuff? It's nothing. You know, I I believe I, I can't say I have a conviction. Uh, I believe Scripture points to an age at which God will hold each one accountable for the decisions that they make. Before that, I, I believe His grace covers them. I won't, won't get into that in great detail right now. If you want to talk later, we can. How merciful for the children to be taken, if if it is true that they are then taken to heaven to be with him as opposed to grow up in corruption and to have their hearts turned away from the living God. What is God doing in Canaan? I don't know. What did God do in Canaan for 400 years? How did he show himself to them? Romans 1 explains that he did simply within the creation so that men are without excuse. How else did God work in Canaan? I don't know and it's really arrogant of me to wag my finger at the living God and go, how dare you? Wipe them out. Our our little human hubris, you know, that, that we would stand up to God and put our hands on our hips and go, really? We... Every human being, I don't care how smart and how well read you are, you have a microscopic understanding of all that God is doing in Wichita Falls. With your spouse, with your children. I don't know. I, I live with my daughters. What's God doing with them? I don't know. I don't know. Because he hadn't told me. So it is it is very arrogant, very arrogant of us to rise up against the living God here and go, is that fair? Any, any reattacks on that before we move on? Go ahead.
3: It's very easy to say that when you have a proper understanding of who God is.
1: And, I mean, yeah, exactly who He is. But for someone who just is exposed to that portion of Scripture and doesn't know who God is, it's, it seems like a schizophrenia. Well, does can I take a crack at that? Please. <laughs> um, there's two... First of all you can't with a with an unredeemed heart you can't understand the word anyway and you're gonna you're a rebel against God in that state anyway. But um let's see, oh there we go. Um, it says you have to start there's theo theocentric and anthropocentric. That means you either start. You start with like go, I man, start with me. Start with man. I start with me, and I start and I judge God and I judge other people right. and everything around me. But I started with me. Biblically, you start with God and see what He says about Himself mm-hmm. and what He says about us, right. and that's the only way you can understand the creation reality. Is if you start with who God is, what He tells us who He is, and who we are in relation. Whatever what his purposes are and
0: all whenever a natural disaster happens or even a man made initiated disaster that, that takes hundreds of lives or maybe tens of t- dozens of lives what's the first question that comes out in the news
3: where do you do it where is
0: God why 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 did this happen Because you've turned your back on the living God because you've turned your back because you won't even allow him into the equation you will have no clue you won't it just looks unjust it just looks capricious
1: And all, and all, the, all the people in this story like you said were Condemned, already, condemned to hell already, but for God's grace. Um, so it's it's it's. Um, what is it? Like the story is worse than you
2: first presume. What's that? The story seems to be worse than you first presume. I yeah. I thought <laughs> they were condemned to Oh, it's worse than the death yeah. of God. Yeah.
1: Huh? <laughs> but then you consider. Uh, Typically, if you're going to go with what's the worst thing, it's the the cross. It's Christ. As far as um, evil of man or or, uh, yeah, um, injustice. Yeah, injustice. Uh,
0: Crucifying God. Yeah, it's not good.
1: I think it's hard too, though,
3: especially now. It's because you can read those passages and you can see that today, Islam's trying to do that.
0: Trying to what?
3: Like, repeat. Oh, wipe out? Wipe out people. Yeah. Like,
0: so you see,
3: you see a group of people doing or attempting to do what Israel was uh-huh. commanded to do. Uh-huh. And you see the atrocities. And whether or not you're a Christian or not, you see those things. And you're like, those are horrible things. And you're doing them in the name of God. I, I want no part of that. Or I, or You're wrong. You know, so it's hard to, but like we've, we've talked about it before, how Satan just takes something and just one degree off. Yep. And so it's hard though because you see that right. in, in Islam, infidel. How's that any white different? Woman, how is it any different? Yeah. Yeah. And
0: well, I just want, I wanted to I wanted to cover that way into that just a little bit because we're going to see it play out again as we continue on in the chapters uh, in the weeks ahead. But so there 's Canaan, and then there 's israel we 've got a nation we 've got nations condemned, and we have a nation that has been reprieved and we see this in six through eleven we 've got no wonky uh, names here. David, would you read uh, six through eleven, please
1: For you are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for his treasured possession out of all the peoples who are on the face of the earth. It was not because you were more in number than any other people that the Lord set his love on you and chose you, for you were the fewest of all peoples. But it is because the Lord loves you and is keeping the oath that he swore to your fathers that the Lord has brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of slavery, from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Now, therefore, that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God, who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations repays to their face those who hate him by destroying them. He will not be slack with one who hates him. He will repay him to his face. You shall therefore be careful to do the commandment and the statutes and the rules that I command you today.
0: God calls them a people. He uses a different word. Instead of a nation, he doesn't they are a nation. But he calls them a people. It's almost a little bit more of an endearing term to them. Uh, a little more personal. You are a people. And not only you are a people, you are a people that is holy to the Lord. We've talked about the word holy before. The word holy means what? Set Set apart, set aside. God has separated you, okay? So you are a set aside people to holy to the Lord your God, separated to him. God has chosen you to
3: be a special
0: why did he choose that he wanted
2: to.
0: yes when, uh, when I was at the Air Force Academy uh, went through a Bethel series Bible study and, and was led by the guy who married Tracy and I and He would always ask, why did God choose Abraham? He said, because Abraham said yes. And now I look back on that and I go, no, no. God chose Abraham because God didn't tell us why he chose Abraham. He just did. Doesn't say Abraham was holy. Doesn't say Abraham was taller or had more hair or less hair, doesn't say. He chose them. God chose Abraham to make a nation a treasured people. God is making a people for himself, for his son. Go into the New Testament, we see that God is preparing the church. No, Christ is preparing the church to present it wholly to Himself, without spot or blemish. Ephesians chapter 5. God has always in his creatures desired those he could lavish his love and grace upon. That would be a treasure to him. Out Of all the peoples on the face of the earth. Now, was Israel... Was was this relationship between God and Israel to stay between God and Israel? No. 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 How do you know that? He says it. Okay. He says it. You know, in, in Genesis chapter 12, I am going to bless you, Abraham, that you would be a blessing to all the nations of the earth. Okay? It is as I... Love God in my relationship with God that that then spills over and allows me to love others It's because of this relationship I can then <clears throat> love others because of god's relationship with Israel. Israel is thus to be a blessing to all of the nations, and we see through God's word that the Gentiles are supposed to come and know that, know Him too. So he, he emphasized, why did I, why did I pick you? It isn't because you're bigger than any other people that the Lord set his love on you and chose you, for you are fewest of all the peoples. But it is because the Lord loves you. Now, that, the word love is replete in this, this chapter, over and over again. Loves you. And is keeping the oath that he swore to your fathers all the way back to Abraham. That the Lord has brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of slavery. Okay. Did Israel have any choice in their redemption from slavery?
1: In what sense?
0: <laughs> I mean, did yeah, they,
1: they chose to walk out? They chose to.
0: Okay. Okay, they chose to walk out, but, I mean, what did they do? How, how did they bring it to pass? Out. Well, they didn't do anything. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> they just left. When, when the door was open, they went, okay, we're out of here. And, oh, by the way, give us all your stuff. And they did. Listen, that's about about it. It. Well, uh, uh, yeah. that's later. Not right away they didn't. But they left. They didn't do anything. God saved them through nothing that they did do is listen. All the plagues, man, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't do anything. didn't have to do anything. Put the blood on the doorpost for the Passover, okay? But really they did nothing. It was all God's grace that saved them out of Egypt. All of His work and His doing. Now God's going to make a covenant with them. Ultimately, the, the Mosaic covenant but we'll we'll get there in 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 just a bit um let's see where am i verse nine know therefore that the lord your god is god know this know this hey israel clean out your ears god is god he is god he is god know this know this not just here know this Believe this. Let this be the passion of your life. Do you you comprehend this? Can you even begin to fathom this God of yours? He is God. Oh, how does it describe him? The faithful God who keeps covenant. Oh, and there's that love again steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. With those who keep his commandments. He hints that blessings will tumble down through the ages toward those who follow after him. Oh, to a thousand generations. But verse ten. He repays to their face those who hate him by destroying them. He will not be slack with those who the one with one who hates him. He will repay him to his face. His justice will snap. With a staggering severity. Love the Lord, follow after the Lord. Ah, blessing. You choose to reject Him? Fine.
3: That's thing that's hard though, because like I despised God as a teenager, mm-hmm. but yet yeah, here I am.
0: Mm-hmm. So it's like it's never too late. He is gracious and long-suffering gracious and long-suffering therefore do you shall therefore be careful to do the commandment and the statutes and the rules that i command you today okay and so now here in 12 through 16 we're going to look at the mosaic covenant here uh or, or the hints at it and the implications to it uh joseph would you read uh 12 through 16 please
2: If you pay attention to these laws and are careful to follow them, then the Lord, your God, will keep his covenant of love with you as he swore to your ancestors. He will love you and bless you and increase your numbers. He will bless the fruit of your womb, the crops of your land, your grain, (coughs) new wine, and olive oil, the calves of your... You will be blessed more than any other people. None of your men or women will be childless, nor will any of your livestock be without young. The Lord will keep you free from every disease. He will not inflict on you the horrible diseases you knew in Egypt, but he will inflict them on all who hate you. You must destroy all the peoples the Lord your God gives over to you. Do not look on them with pity, and do not serve their God.
0: Okay, a covenant. What is what is a covenant? An oath. Okay, it's an oath. Contract. Yeah, we when we think of it today, we'll we'll think of a contract. Typically, what what's a contract going to spell out? Conditions for both parties. Okay. Yes. You do this. I'll do this. Okay. Um, There's a great picture in Genesis 15 of the contract that God makes with Abraham. Tells Abraham to take animals and divide them in two. And typically, both parties of the covenant will walk through the, the separated animals as the pact between the two of them. You know, essentially let this be to either one of us if we break the pact. Here. But Abraham's gaunt. He's in a deep sleep. As he's seeing this vision. And God alone, the fire pot. God alone goes through the animals. God is saying, I am making a covenant with you and it will come to pass regardless. It's a unilateral covenant. God alone will fulfill this covenant. The Abrahamic covenant. The Davidic covenant. That there will be a king on the throne of Israel. It has nothing to do with Israel. God says it will be so. Oh man, they don't have a king anymore. You're right, they don't. Oh yes, they do. Yes, they do. It rains in heaven, will reign again on the earth in Jerusalem. But there are some covenants that God has made that are two-way, and this is one of them. The Mosaic Covenant, the law, is a two-way covenant between Israel and God.
2: Please. Just one neat addition to that uh, picture in Genesis 15. I heard it uh, one time that the, the animals can be cut in half. is was a picture of the curse of the covenant, kind of like you mentioned, that if you... Uh, I don't fulfill my end of the covenant, my condition, mm-hmm. uh, then may I be cut into pieces, as these are cut into pieces. Um, but there's a picture in the, in the way that Moses, not Moses, Abraham, not walking through it, that God is saying, if I don't keep my end of the bargain, may I be cut into pieces. But oh, by the way, if you don't keep your end of the bargain, may I be cut into pieces. And there's amazing picture how we didn't keep our end of the bargain <coughs> and that he was cut into pieces 2000 years
0: oh, ago. wow. God says, if you do to Israel, if you do what I have told you, if you follow the way that I have laid out for you, you will be a blessed people. You will be. If you don't, you're going to have problems. He promises that if they follow them, follow after him, they will be multiplied as a people. Um, they're, they're, they would be fertile as a People. Uh, The ground would bring forth crops. Herds would grow. You You would be blessed. You will be blessed if you follow after me. If they are obeying him to be justified, that is not what God is saying. Their faith is going to move them to obedience to believe and trust him. Still, their faith will justify them. More on that later. But if they don't, all of the sickness of Israel is going to come back on them. The sickness of the land, the curses of the land, more curses uh, in there, uh, in the law that we'll look at as we go along. But the Mosaic covenant is a two-way covenant. And Israel is going, yes, yes, we will do this. Yes, we will follow after you. They say this. In Exodus chapter 19, before God gives them the Ten Commandments, yes, we will obey all that you say. Yes! Hack. Start your watches. You know, it's that fast. How long can you hold your breath for? About as long as Israel can follow after the living God. About as long as you can follow after the living God. Very good. Apart from Christ, we can do nothing. Nothing. Again, he reiterates here in verse 16, Show them no pity. Do what I have commanded you. Clean them off of the land, and you will be blessed. Otherwise, it will be a snare to you. Just some things that, that encouraged me. Uh, I hope I hope encourage you. Hopefully you'll have other other takeaways as well. Um, God's justice will prevail among the nations. It's going to prevail in the United States, too, and that could be a scary thing. God, yes, works with individuals. Yes, God works in in church bodies. Yes, God works in nations. Yes, God still is the one who sets up rulers and authorities and gives them the responsibility to govern justly. Yes, and God will hold nations accountable for justice on this plane in accordance with God's standard. So man, that should impel us to be a praying people both for our nation. I know Dave Flink prays for his nation, Chile. Chile. He loves chili. He's an American. He's a Minnesotan. But he, he prays for chili. You know, that we would be a praying people for our nation, for our missionaries, and for other nations as well. Um, <clears throat> as we have had grace lavished on us, man, we ought to be a people of thanksgiving. When? Uh, November 25th. No, all the time. I mean, we should have thanksgiving often throughout the year. You should be thankful. You should drip thankfulness. Um, Keep a record. As his children, as thankful people, um, I I would exhort you to really bask in the love of God. Really enjoy God's love for you. Chosen, a treasure. Ah, oh. you you got nothing. You got, you, you, you. yeah, you're, you're nothing. You are, but He chose you. What does that make you?
2: Yeah. What more can you?
0: You struggle with your identity? Who am I really? No, they're there. Oh. We enjoy as believers, for those who are believers, we enjoy eternal life now. We have eternal hope now. We have eternal relationship with the living God right now. Any other thoughts on this this passage here in Deuteronomy chapter 7? Before we wrap up,
3: I think it's, it's maybe contrast because a lot of times, obviously, naysayers will always bring up this version of God, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, we type out the peoples who eat You know, go through there, deal with them, you know, be their brothers in another nation. And mm-hmm. like God, you know, God didn't say right, wipe them out,
0: right? You know, good. Yeah. yeah, we're very. Those opposed to the living God are very selective, and they want you to doubt His word. They want to diminish the authority of God's authoritative word in the hearts and minds of people.